Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you also the link atop for online edition, you'll see the link to read ACIMOE. Also at that website, there's a tab called Lesson Sign Up, where you can sign up to receive an excellent daily email, including both the reading for the day as well as the lesson for the day. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. And today we continue our reading of Chapter 12, The Problem of Guilt, with Section 5, The Two Emotions. We're also mindful of our lesson today. Lesson 139. I will accept atonement for myself. I will. And by way of opening, oh, I just think this poem from Hafiz is so beautiful as regards atonement. One day the sun admitted, I am just a shadow. I wish I could show you the infinite incandescent that cast my brilliant image. I wish I could show you, when you are lonely or in darkness, the astonishing light of your own being. I will accept atonement for myself. Amen. Thank you. Thanks for that. Thank you. Mm, thank you, friend. Astonishing lights of your own being. What a great expression. Okay, my friends, here's our reading list this morning. We have Fran, Robin Marie, Donna, and Jessica. We're joined in listening this morning by Harrison, Chris, and Bryce. And as I mentioned earlier this week, uh, Lemoyne is likely visiting with his son who's in town for the week, so... I'm not certain uh, that he isn't doing something different this morning. And we wish him well. So, let's get going then in Chapter 12, The Problem of Guilt, The Two Emotions. We have said that you have but two emotions, love and fear. One is changeless, but continually exchanged being offered by the eternal to the eternal. In this exchange it is extended for it increases as it is given. The other has many forms for the content of individual illusions differs greatly. Yet they have one thing in common. They are all insane. They are made of sights which are not seen and sounds which are not heard. They make up a private world which cannot be shared. For they are meaningful only to their maker, and so they have no meaning at all. In this world, their maker moves alone, for only he perceives them. A friend. The Two Emotions, paragraph 33. We have said that you have but two emotions, love and fear. One is changeless, but continually exchanged, being offered by the eternal to the eternal. In this exchange, it is extended, 
for it increases as it is given. The other has many forms, but the content of individual illusions differs greatly, yet they have one thing in common. They are all insane. They are made of sights which are not seen and sounds which are not heard. They make up a private world which cannot be shared, for they are meaningful only to their maker, and so they have no meaning at all. In this world, their maker moves alone, for only he perceives them. 34. Each one peoples his world with figures from his individual past, and it is because of this that private worlds do differ. Yet the figures that he sees were never real, for they are made up only of his reactions to his brothers and do not include their reactions to him. Therefore he does not see that he made them and that they are not whole. For these figures have no witnesses, being perceived in one separate mind only. Thank you, Fran. And Robin Marie. Thirty-four. <clears throat> Each one peoples his world with figures from his individual past. And it is because of this that private worlds do differ. Yet the figures that he sees were never real, for they are made up only of his reactions to his brothers and do not include their reactions to him. Therefore, he does not see that he made them and that they are not whole. For these figures have no witnesses being perceived in one separate mind only. 35. It is through these strange and shadowy figures that the insane relate to their insane world, for they see only those who remind them of these images, and it is to them that they relate. Thus do they communicate with those who are not there, and it is they who answer them, and no one hears their answer save him who called upon them, and he alone believes they answered him. Projection makes perception and you cannot see beyond it. Again and again have men attacked each other because they saw in them a shadow figure in their own private world. And thus it is that you must attack yourself first, for what you attack is not in others. It is only, its only reality is in your own mind, and by attacking others, you are literally attacking what is not there. Thank you, Robin Marie and Donna. 35. It is these strange and shadowy figures that the insane relate to, that the insane relate to their insane world. For they see only what those who remind them for they see only those who remind them of these images and it is to them that they relate thus do they communicate with those who do who are not there 
and it is they who answer them. And no one hears their answer, save him who called upon them, and he alone believes they answered him. Protection makes perception. Projection, I can't see. Projection makes perception, and you cannot see beyond it. Again and again have men attacked each other because they saw in them a shadow figure in their own private world. And thus, it is that you must attack yourself first, for what you attack is not the others. It is only reality. Its only reality is in your own mind. And by attacking others, you are literally attacking what is not there. 36. The delusional can be very destructive, for they do not recognize that they have condemned themselves. They do not wish to die, yet they will not let condemnation go. And so they separate into their private worlds, where everything is disordered and where what is within appears to be without. Yet what is within they do not see. For the reality of their brothers they cannot see. Thank you, Donna. And Jessica. Thanks. 36. The delusional can be very destructive, for they do not recognize that they have condemned themselves. They do not wish to die, yet they will not let condemnation go. And so they separate into their private worlds, where everything is disordered and where what is within appears to be without. Yet what is within, they do not see. For the reality of their brothers, they cannot see. 37. You have but two emotions. Yet in your private world, you react to each of them as though it were the other. For love cannot abide in a world apart, where when it comes, it is not recognized. If you see your own hatred as your brother, you are not seeing him. Everyone draws nigh unto what he loves and recoils from what he fears. And you react with fear to love and draw away from it. Yet fear attracts you, and believing it is love, you call it to yourself. Your private world is filled with the figures of fear you have invited into it. And all the love your brothers offer you, you do not see. As you look with open eyes upon your world, it must occur to you that you have withdrawn into insanity. Mm. Thank you, Jessica. And would we have a new reader for 37 and 38? Good morning, Maurice. Karen, I can do it. Great, thank you. 37. You have but two emotions, yet in your private world, you react to each of them as though, as though it were the other. 
For love cannot abide in a world apart, where when it comes, it is not recognized. If you see your own hatred as your brother, you are not seeing him. Everyone draws nigh unto what he loves and recoils from what he fears. And you react with fear to love and draw away from it. If yet fear attracts you and believing it is love, you call it to yourself. Your private world is filled with figures, with the figures of fear you have invited into it. And all the love your brothers offer you, you do not see. As you look with open eyes upon your world, it must occur to you that you have withdrawn into insanity. 38. You see what is not there and you hear what is soundless. Your behavioral manifestations of emotion are the opposite of what the emotions are. You communicate with no one and you are as isolated from reality as if you were alone in all the universe. In your madness, you overlook reality completely, and you see only your own split mind everywhere you look. God calls you, and you do not hear, for you are preoccupied with your own voice. And the vision of Christ is not in your sight, for you look upon yourself alone. Thank you, Karen. And is there another new reader for 38 and 39? 38 and 39? All right, Fran, back to you. 38. You see what is not there, and you hear what is soundless. Your behavioral manifestations of emotions are the opposite of what the emotions are. You communicate with no one and you are as isolated from reality <clears throat> as if you were alone in all the universe. In your madness, you overlook reality completely and you see only your own split mind everywhere you look. God calls you and you do not hear for you are preoccupied with your own voice. And the vision of Christ is not in your sight, for you look upon yourself alone. 39. Little children, would you offer this to your father? For if you offer it to yourself, you are, are offering it to him, and he will not return it, for it is unworthy of you because it is unworthy of him. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yet he would release you from it and set you free. His sane answer tells you that what you have offered yourself is not true, but his offering to you has never changed. <clears throat> you who know not what you do can learn what insanity is and look beyond it. It has given you to learn how to deny insanity and come forth from your private world in peace. Thank you, Fran. And Robin Marie. Thirty-nine, little children, would you offer this to your father? For if you offer it to yourself, you are offering it to him, 
and he will not return it, for it is unworthy of you, because it is unworthy of him. Yet he would release you from it and set you free. His sane answer tells you that what you have offered yourself is not true, but his offering to you has never changed. You who know not what you can, what you who know not what you do, can learn what insanity is and look beyond it. It is given you to learn how to deny insanity and come forth from your private world in peace. Four, forty. You will see all that you denied in your brothers because you denied it in yourself. For you will love them, and by drawing nigh unto them, you will draw them to yourself, perceiving them as witnesses to your reality, which you share with God. I am with them as I am with you, and we will draw them from their private worlds. For as we are united, so would we unite with them. The Father welcomes all of us in gladness, and and gladness is what we should offer him for every son of God is given you to whom God gave himself and it is God to whom you must offer them to recognize his gift to you thank you Robert Marie and Donna You must see all that you denied in your brothers because you denied it in yourself. For you will love them, and by drawing nigh unto them, you will draw them to yourself, perceiving them as witnesses to your reality, which you share with God. I am with them as I am with you. And we will draw them from their private worlds. For as we are united, so would we unite with them. The Father welcomes all of us in gladness, and gladness is what we should offer him. For every son of God is given you, for every son of God is given you to whom God gave himself. And it is God to whom you must offer them to recognize his gift to you. 41. Vision depends on light, and you cannot see in darkness. Yet, in darkness, in the private world of sleep, you see in dreams, although your eyes are closed. And it is here that what you see, you made. But let the darkness go, and all you made And all you made, you will no longer see. For sight of it depends upon denying vision. Yet from denying vision, it does not follow that you cannot see. But this is what denial does. For by it, you accept insanity, believing you can make a private world and rule your own perception. Yet, for this light, yet for this, light must be excluded. Dreams disappear when light has come 
and you can see. Thank you, Donna. And Jessica. 41. Vision depends on light, and you cannot see in darkness. Yet in the darkness, in the private world of sleep, you see in dreams, although your eyes are closed. And it is here that what you see you made. But let the darkness go, and all you made will no, you will no longer see, or sight of it depends upon denying vision. Yet from denying vision, it does not follow that you cannot see. But this is what denial does, for by it you accept insanity, believing you can make a private world and rule your own perception. Yet for this, light must be excluded. Dreams disappear when light has come, and you can see. 42. Do not seek vision through your eyes, for you made your way of seeing that you might see in darkness, and in this you are deceived. Beyond this darkness, and yet still within you, is the vision of Christ, who looks on all in light. Your vision comes from fear, as his from love, and he sees for you as your witness to the real world. He is the Holy Spirit's manifestation, looking always on the real world and calling forth its witnesses and drawing them unto you. For he loves what he sees within you, and he would extend it, and he will not return unto the Father until he has extended your perception even unto him. And their perception is no more, for he has returned you to the Father with him. Oh boy. Thank you, Jessica. And Karen. 42. Do not seek vision through your eyes, for you made your way of seeing that you might see in darkness, and in this you are deceived. Beyond this darkness, and yet still within you, is the vision of Christ, who looks on all in light. Your vision comes from fear, as his from love, and he sees for you as your witnesses to the real world. He is the Holy Spirit's manifestation, looking always on the real world and calling forth its witnesses and drawing them unto you. For he loves what he sees within you, and he would extend it. And he will not return unto the Father until he has extended your perception even unto him. And their perception is no more, for he has returned you to the Father with him. 43. You have but two emotions, and one you made and one was given you. Each is a way of seeing, 
and different worlds arise from their different visions. See through the vision that is given you for Christ's vision. He beholds himself, and seeing what he is, he knows his Father. Beyond your darkest dreams, he sees God's guiltless Son within you, shining in perfect radiance, which is undimmed by your dreams. And this you will see as you look with him, for his vision is his gift of love to you, given him of the Father for you. Oh, boy. Thank you, Karen. And would there be a new reader for 43 and 44? Anyone like to read 43 and 44? All righty, back to you, Fran. 43. You have the two emotions, and one you made and one was given you. Each is a way of seeing, and different worlds arise from their different visions. See through the vision that is given you, for through Christ's vision he beholds himself. In seeing what he is, he knows his Father. Beyond your darkest dreams, he sees God's guiltless sun within you, shining in perfect radiance, which is undimmed by your dreams. And this you will see as you look with him, for his vision is his gift of love to you, given him of the Father for you. 44. The Holy Spirit is the light in which Christ stands revealed, and all who would behold him can see him, for they have asked for light. Nor will they see him alone, for he is no more alone than they are. Because they saw the Son, they have risen in him to the Father. And all this will they understand, because they looked within and saw beyond the darkness the Christ in them and recognized him. In the sanity of his vision, they looked upon themselves with love, seeing themselves as the Holy Spirit sees them. And with his vision of the truth in them came all the beauty of the world to shine upon them. Oh, thank you, Fran. And Robin Marie. Forty-four. The Holy Spirit is the light in which Christ stands revealed. And all who would behold him can see him, for they have asked for light. Nor will they see him alone, for he is no more alone than they are. Because they saw the Son, they have risen in him to the Father. And all this will they understand, because they looked within and saw beyond the darkness the Christ in them and recognized him. In the sanity of his vision, they looked upon themselves with love, seeing themselves as the Holy Spirit sees them. And with this vision of the truth in them came all the beauty of the world to shine upon them. Thank you, Robin Marie. And thank you, everyone, who read this morning. This beautiful section. 
two emotions or two ways of seeing. And uh, it's just amazing how this section syncs up with our lesson today. I will accept atonement for myself. Um, it's very difficult to select out something more or less worthy to highlight than any other part. So I think to... Um, gosh. You know, here's the thing. I think that would be most excellent to do because if I were trying to summarize it, I'd just reread it. <laughs> so perhaps in our sharing time this morning, um, the wisest course and the one probably with the most benefit would be to seek out that paragraph that speaks most directly to your heart. And in that way, together we'll summarize this reading and this lesson. So um, I think we'll just open the floor from here. Thank you, everyone. This is Donna. And I want to quote someone who's apparently walking in a lot of light. <clears throat> we read this last year. And at 10.59 a.m. on the day we read this, I wrote this down. Lori said, quote, we become the call. We are the call. <laughs> and I uh, lace paragraphs 42 and 43 um, with that magnificent saying because what came to me by not being here yesterday and getting the lesson through divine spirit is see like this from now on see christ see light and that's just beginning to form in me so i cannot declare anything else about it i am complete thank you lord oh that was beautiful donna thank you very much thank you donna thank you donna i really like that <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, this is Robin Marie, and um, the thing that I wrote down today, um, because I was thinking about our dreams and going to sleep, and, and something that I have neglected to do that I'm uh, determined to do this evening, is ask the Holy Spirit to reveal vision into the subconscious mind of my dreams. Because I believe that the Holy Spirit can speak to me, can speak to all of us in our dreams. And that's a very refreshing thought. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you, Robert Marie. Yeah, I find, uh, I find also in my sleep I'm least offended to truth. And he often speaks to me like that. Thank you very much. Thank you, Robin Marie. Uh, thank you. Good morning, it's Karen. Um, you know, what Lori just asked us to do is pick a paragraph and talk about that, how that um, 
why that is meaningful to us or how that is meaningful to us. It's really hard because I think the first four paragraphs are all connected. And it's like the way out of hell. It's absolutely positively the way out of hell. It's, you know, that we see a world that isn't there and we people it with all of the unhealed parts of our mind that um, that we're holding on to through grievances or judgments or guilt or fear. And we project that and we don't see the human being that stands before us. We just see some version that we made up in our minds. Each one, peep, this is paragraph 34, and it's like really hard to just pull this one and not take 33 and 35 but um, and 36. Each one peoples his world with figures from his individual past. And it is because of this that private worlds do differ. Yet the figures that he sees were never real, for they are made up of only of his reactions to his brothers and do not include their reactions to him. Therefore, he does not see that he made them and that they are not whole. For these figures have no witnesses, being perceived in one separate mind only. So all the separated ones have a separate reality based on how they interpreted their past experiences and what was not healed, what they held on to, what blocked their true self from those experiences. And then with every person that they meet, they meet, um, they see through the dark darkness of the ego, they see the, the false selves, of others. So for me, I mean, I think no matter, even though I've done a lot of uh, meditation and a lot of different kinds of psychotherapy over the years, it never cleared this stuff. It really didn't. And so even now when I meet a person, sometimes I feel irritation or I don't like the person. And I have to learn to say to my mind, this isn't real, what you're experiencing. You know, I choose heaven instead of this. But it isn't real. This is some distortion from something I've held on to. And then I ask the Holy Spirit to um, to heal my mind, to undo this falsehood. And sometimes it also requires that that I understand who it was and what it was and that it wasn't real, but I thought it was real because I interpreted it, you know, through being a child or being wounded on, you know, various levels. And then I and then I held on to it and saw the whole world that way forever. <laughs> so sometimes it goes back, you know, it's in the present, it's 10 years ago, it's 20 years ago, and so on. But boy, wouldn't it be so helpful to help other people wake up? It says the delusional can be very destructive and they don't realize that they have condemned themselves. They separate it into private worlds where everything is disordered. It's so true. I mean, we live in a world where people are seeing private reality all over the place. And we live in a culture that's very... um, 
someone's unmuted. We live in a culture where people are, are very uh, dissociated, you know, that our people are numb, so they don't even know what they're feeling, let alone being able to sort out what's real from, you know, what's a, what's a false pro- projection of the past. Anyway, we are blessed to be taught through the Course of Miracles that these strange and shadowy figures of the insane world are not real. I'm complete. Amen. Thanks, Karen. Oh, that was so great, Karen. Thank oh, you, Karen. Distortion. Thank you, Karen. Thank you. Yeah. Really great, Karen. Thank you. Well, and you know what? Uh, that was a great segue, uh, for which I'm very grateful into our lesson today, The Cure. The cure for this split mind. Uh, lesson 139. So, Fran, if you'd lead us once again, um, know that we're very grateful. Oh, thank you so much. Hi, everybody. Um, first part of the workbook today, lesson 139. I will accept atonement for myself. So, I shall read some in the lesson and then we'll do our five minute practice. I will accept atonement for myself. Here is the end of choice. For here we come to a decision to accept ourselves as God created us. And what is choice except uncertainty of what we are? There is no conflict that does not entail the single, simple question, what am I? Yet who could ask this question except one who has refused to recognize himself. Only refusal to accept yourself can make the question seem to be sincere. To be alive and not to know yourself is to believe that you are really dead. Who is the doubter? What is it he doubts? Whom does he question? Whom can answer him? He could never be alive at all unless he knew the answer. If he asks as if he did not know, it merely shows he does not want to be the thing he is. Thus he becomes uncertain of his life, for what it is has been denied by him. It is for this denial that you need atonement. Your denial made no change in what you are. Atonement remedies the strange idea that it is possible to doubt yourself and be unsure of what you really are. This is the depth of madness. Nothing the world believes is true. It is a place whose purpose is to be a home where those who claim they do not know themselves can come to question what it is they are. And they will come again until the time atonement is accepted. We did not come to reinforce the madness which we once believed in, let us, forget, let us not forget the goal that we accepted. Today, accept atonement, not to change reality, but merely to accept the truth about yourself. It is but this that we will do today. Five minutes in the morning and at night, we'll, de- we'll devote to dedicate our minds to our assignment for today. 
We start with this review of what our mission is. I will accept atonement for myself, for I remain as God created me. We have not lost the knowledge that God gave to us when he created us like him. We can remember it for everyone. And thanks for all creation is the name of its creator and his oneness with all aspects of creation. We repeat our dedication to our cause today, each hour, as we lay aside all thoughts that would distract us from our holy aim. For several minutes, let your mind be cleared of all the foolish cobwebs which the world would weave around the Holy Son of God. As you say, I will accept atonement for myself, for I remain as God created me. We'll do our five-minute practice. Lesson 139, I will accept atonement for myself.
Here is the end of choice. For here we come to a decision to accept ourselves as God created us. Lesson 139, I will accept atonement for myself. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Fran. Thank you, Fran. You do such a great job. We appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. Good morning, it's Karen again. I'll try to make it short. Um, Paragraph six, nothing the world believes is true. It is a place whose purpose is to be a home where those who claim they do not know themselves can come to question what it is they are. It's It's a crazy thing, but if you really think about that's what this world is for. It's for people who believe they are separate keep coming and then it says and they will come again until the atonement is accepted and when I read that earlier this morning I kept I read and they will come again and again and again and again until the time when the atonement is accepted which means this world is just a false reality where people come because they want to be separate and or they are, they think they're separate and it's a place where they can once um, they can awaken to the truth of what they they are by accepting the atonement i will accept the atonement for myself when i was doing that earlier i was thinking it's easy to believe i'm an extension of god you know i open myself to the divine i feel the light come in i feel peace come in you know, I'm empty and God flows through me and, I, and I'm gentle and I'm kind and I see beauty. All of that is easy. But then you add a person to this picture, you know, my brothers and sisters in Christ, and I realize that my ego, my ego mind jumps in and it says I want to be alone because I want to be separate because people aren't safe. You know, other people are not safe. Other people are hurtful and threatening and to recognize that that's the dynamic and say god i don't want this dynamic um let me be one with my sister in christ let me see the true christ in this person and no longer see what my fear taught me from you know childhood or the past anyway that's all i have to say i'm complete oh that was beautiful karen Yeah, thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen.
Good morning. It's Mindy. Hi, everybody. I do want to say thanks to Fran, too. Oh, well, you present the lesson, you shorten it up, and, and you're to the point, and it's simple, but it's, it's complete. Thank you very much. It's really a gift. Um, I used to not like the word atonement because as a Jewish person, I would hear about atone for your sins, repent. Uh, you know, like I'm bad and rotten and I have to do something to make up for it <laughs> and try to be good over this flawed soul. Um, if I change the word to at-one-ment from atonement, which it is, at-one-ment, I can even be at one with my sins, so to speak. Because, you know, it's a paradox. By trying to resist something, it persists. When I allow, accept who I am, I will accept the at one when I can even be at one with my mistakes. Knowing that although they didn't seem through my judgment, my wrong judgment and perception, to something good, if I will be at one with them and accept them and allow them to be what they are and to take them in, they're exactly what they were meant to be. I was in exactly the right place at the right time to do my learning. And sometimes it looks like I learned through lessons that are painful. Sometimes I learn through happy things like this course. But even atonement or at one minute with sins is accepting exactly when what I think I am. And if I think I'm that, I identify with that. And when I allow it to be, when I join with it, it, it disappears. It becomes a part of me and enriches me and takes who I am and brings out various aspects of it. And so I can see I really am at one with God and with my good, and it doesn't matter what I've done in the past. By just allowing myself to be in the present, knowing I'm in the right place at the right time to receive and share my good, I can accept anything and be at one and be at peace because I am still the beautiful, beautiful, eternal, whole, and complete, joyous being that I was as God, as I became a thought in God's mind and became what would seem like a separate expression of him, her, but is truly one. <laughs> Another paradox. And there's such joy in, in getting those paradoxes on a deep experiential level. So anyway, I'm, I'm declaring that I am at one with all these lovely, colorful objects that are so artistically and beautifully and colorfully through my house and the experience of this can be complete joy. Am I enjoying my life? Yes. So there's nothing I need to separate from me or make wrong about me, my home, my behavior. Nothing, nothing is outside of the realm of my true expression and oneness with God. And as I allow that, I'm truly at one and at peace with myself. And all that I see brings me into a greater awareness of that state of being. And I am complete. Thank you. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you, Mindy. That was beautiful. 
Thank you, Mandy. Good morning, it's Harrison. <clears throat> I will accept atonement for myself. Which I translated to I am as God created me. That's the bottom line. And of course, tells me that <clears throat> I am not a body. I am free for I am still as God created me. In so many places, he reminds me of that idea, perhaps in different words, but it's the same message. Lloyd suggested that we pick out a paragraph that my words particularly speaks to and for us. And I was focusing on paragraph 41. Vision depends on light and you cannot see in darkness. What is suggested in that sentence is that light is available to me. that I can't see in that light and that I can also choose darkness but when I do I can't see so I'm always choosing between light and darkness. <clears throat> Yet, the paragraph goes on to say, Yet in the darkness, in the private world of sleep, you see in dreams, although your eyes are closed. Personalize that yet in the darkness in the private world of sleep. I see in dreams although my eyes are closed. And it is here 
that what I see I made. And there's no doubt in my mind that what I see in my sleeping dreams when I wake up at some point I realize that I created that dream. I made it. But let the darkness go and all I made I will no longer see. For sight of it depends upon denying vision. I wake up and I'm in bed. I'm not in a forest or not sitting at a bar. Whatever is happening in the dream, I know it didn't happen because if I think it did, I am denying vision. Yet from <coughs> denying vision, it does not follow that I cannot see. But this is what denial does. So by it, I accept insanity believing I can make a private world and rule my own perceptions. Yet for this, light must be excluded. Dreams disappear when light has come and I can see. Dreams disappear when life has come, and I can see. In my waking world, when I bring the light into my waking world, I can see. I fooled myself into believing that in the daylight what I am seeing is really true. It's what I'm seeing, the trees, the buildings, the automobiles, other bodies, I have convinced myself that I'm seeing all of that. When in truth, with a capital T, that's all of my waking dream. It's a dream. 
vision depends on light, and I can't see in darkness. What I'm experiencing is a kind of darkness when I think what I see in my waking world is true. But when the light has come, Jesus is like the Holy Spirit's light, God's light. When that light has come, this waking dream disappears. And all I have to do is to let it into my experience. I will accept atonement for myself. I'm complete. Let it come. Oh, that was so beautiful, Harrison. Thank you. Oh. That was Harrison. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Harrison. This is Donna, and I was looking for a way of trying to pull together. I've been working with the word vision and and the real world. And when you went to that paragraph, I said, oh, my God. Vision depends on light, and you cannot see in darkness. So, so just, just by being receptive, yesterday, as I was endeavoring out at a time when everyone else was being attentive to the work, it came to me, and I said this to myself, oh, I'm moving from this world to the real world, to the real world. And when I said the real world, actually, vision came to me. I. Uh, vision and I have to, and uh, listening to you, um, Harrison. I got this vision is realizing, knowing, and recognizing in the consciousness that I cannot see with understanding vision through my seeing, and that. That was that was the stumbling block. I took took my brothers and sisters and began to recognize them as siblings. And I gave up judgment so I wouldn't have to be bothered with forgiveness. But I didn't understand that even judging not is really judging. So I was seeing 
with the idea of having the vision, the Christ sight, the light, that everyone is that and nothing else. And that at the same time, I was beholding with the seeing eyes as well. And, and yesterday, I, it came to me. I see it. It is finished. And then I realized that's what Jesus was saying. He said, I see. It is finished. And I, in the real world, and I'm just choosing now to walk in the real world and have no thought, basically. I think that's what I'm, I'm trying to walk with. No thought and letting. Because vision is realizing, knowing, and recognizing. And I've been working with the idea of what, what is atonement. And that's what atonement is. It is vision. It is vision. And we have the perfect vision there, traveling with us, the Holy Spirit. So I don't even have to be concerned if I deviate from being in the real world and think I'm observing something from this, quote, unquote, and I'm using that in quotes literally. There's this world, there's the real world, and the real world is that beautiful, peaceful, kind place that we pass through on the way to, quote, unquote, heaven. So you just put this kind of together for me. Um, and I am going to write this little, read this little thing I wrote while I was looking for the word vision. <laughs> Be the seeing. To enter, be aware of the real world, need to see it, quote, end quotes, it is finished. See only with, through vision, be aware, be an observer of reality. Vision lets Christ, realization, let me. Thank you, everyone and everything. (laughs) But Harrison, you went back to 41 And I'm just so grateful because that really gave me vision. I am complete. Oh, that was beautiful, Donna. What a gift for both of you. Thank you, Harrison. You both put me in mind of that beautiful quote in Chapter 25 in the section Special Function. That quote being, The wish to see. The wish to see calls down the grace of God upon your eyes and brings the gift of light that makes sight possible. Every time I say, uh, I don't know, you know, ego mind is so eager to jump in and tell you, tell me, the meaning of everything it sees. But when I choose not to listen to it, it becomes more and more quiet. Um, I choose not to listen, not by fighting with it, not conflicting with it, arguing with it, or trying to correct it. Rather, a simple I don't know brings the gift of light that makes sight possible. That's the way I let go of my mistakes. I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Lori. I love that. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. 
Thank you, Donna, too. Thank you, Lori and Donna. Um, this is Ida. Hi. Um, I'm really glad there is a real world because things may change in the world I see with my physical eye. And they may change drastically for the better soon. However, all of that will still pale in comparison to my seeing the real world that is so beautiful and so loving that I, it makes me very happy just to think about it. Thank you, you guys. I'm complete. Thank you, Harrison. Oh, thank you, Ida. That was precious. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Oh, good morning, guys. It's Jude. I have, since I started reading this book years and years and years ago, I think it was about 2006, um, just fascinated with the end of perception and the idea of the end of learning. And what is it that we're learning um, but to remember the truth of who we are? And I accept atonement. For myself today, um, really, it's one of the most simple, absolutely simple, most elegant lessons to me, because it is accepting the truth of my Father, God is love, and His call to me is to be love, and love is itself, as I am. The call from, from God to me to be like Him and to know I am one with him. And, you know, that the atonement, you know, there's some there's, um, parts in the text that, that speak of atonement as meaning the undoing. It's not um, making up for or, um, you know, even the illusion of forgiveness because the mistakes and errors that we've made have never actually in re- reality been done. Because our reality, as we are created by God, as God created us to be, is changeless. It's absolutely changeless. We can't distort it. We can't um, disturb it or, or alter it, add anything to it, or take anything away from it. And this idea of ending perception and the world being a dream, an illusion, um, that we, we are an image of our own making that God didn't create us as an image of a body. And, you know, in the last chapter of the text, in chapter 31, where Christ says, I'm here and I'm asking you, do you... Do you understand that temptation 
The lesson temptation would teach is that the Son of a God, that the Son of God is a body and a body in the world, which substantiates the ego's version of reality, and that none of it is real, and that when you wake up to the voice of God and l- listen to, to the truth and see through the Christ consciousness, that you will see everything as love. That is love knowing itself as itself and seeing everything as itself. And it sees no sin. It sees nothing wrong. It sees everything as perfect. And what is not real, it doesn't see at all. It merely overlooks. The idea of changelessness and perfection, that we are created perfect in the likeness and the image of God. Now, the Course says that image should be changed, the word should be changed to qualities, qualities of peace, limitless joy, all the qualities of the teachers of God, tolerance and understanding and gentleness and kindness and faith, complete faith and trust, not judging and worrying and being concerned about appearances or what seems to be projection of a split mind, Um, projection, that perception is projection, that sin made the body, that sin made the body's eyes, that sin made projection as a way of deceiving the Son of God, that he would come to a world and not know who he was, think he was a something. So to let go of the idea of being an image that I am purely mind in, a, in the perfect state of grace, in unicity with God and all of creation, in the oneness of his mind. Blessed are those who can see only this, everything being an idea in the mind of God. And the, to, not to see through the eyes of perception. This two emotions that it's a dream of fear what fears could we possibly have if if we didn't believe we were a body the body is the only thing that can be hurt that can be damaged or destroyed or have needs or wants of any kind if i'm spirit i have no needs or no wants you can't touch me you can't hurt me I am light. I am the light projector, projecting only what I wish and want and desire to see. Do I wish and want and desire only to see myself, to see love? That's all there is. That's all there is. There's only, in the real world, (laughs) only loving thoughts are true, and only the truth is true, and nothing else is true and what is true is real and what is real cannot be threatened therein lies the peace of God that one simple line at the beginning of the text is so juicy absolutely juicy not to believe what your body's eyes because this is what 
the great deceiver is, the great deception. Who we think we are is an imagination in a mind that's split from God. Holy boldly. Holy Spirit's the light in which Christ stands revealed within me. To, to look at myself with, through the eyes of God himself. Into me you see. <laughs> the only way I can know it well enough to be it well enough to look upon the, the world of, of the dream, of the dream of the judgment and the dream of fear. And that, then it doesn't disturb me. Nothing in it can disturb me. And I know that there's actually nothing that I need or want from it. Anything that's temporal or changing will only bring me loss, gain for a little bit, and eventual loss. And there is no loss in, in the holy, eternal child of God. Boy, this book just keeps getting better and better, doesn't it? <laughs> Joy to you all and love to you all. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Your enthusiasm just bubbles over. Well, good morning, everyone. This is Lori. And every now and then, um, you know, in the lesson mailing, um, Reverend Regis sends a favorite paragraph, then the lesson, then the reading. And at the bottom, there's Sarah's Reflections. And you can also click a link called uh, Commentary from Alan Watson from the Circle of Atonement. I really like Alan Watson's commentaries because he starts out always by saying, what's the purpose of this lesson? And what's available in it? And how to use the lesson whenever I'm tempted. I really like that part too. Um, but anyway, uh, his use of words I find um, so elegant sometimes and this this lesson his commentary was quite beautiful I'll just quote a little bit of it on his commentary for I will accept atonement for myself he writes God created us as an extension of his love that is our mission that is our mission and it is what we are to accept Atonement is to accept this truth about ourselves. Love. To accept the atonement is to begin to function as God's love in the world. Every time we refuse to see the magnificence of another, we're denying our own. We look on 
others with less than love. Why? Because we refuse to see how much we merit it. How much we merit it. We are God's representatives on earth. Accepting the atonement is to accept our mission. We are here to restore the grandeur of what we all are to every mind, to every mind, not just our own. This grandeur, this magnificent inclusiveness, this divine generosity is our very being. We are the open heart that embraces the world, remembering how much a part of us is every mind. That's in paragraph 11 of this lesson. How much of a, a part of us is every mind? It is our Father's love. In us, our Father's love can contain them all. Our heart is big enough for all the world. This is who we are. Today, let me remember. Today, let me accept my holy aim. Today, let me know myself as part of this great, throbbing, all-embracing heart of God. Doesn't that just encapsulate both the lesson and the reading? Let me know. Let me know myself as part of this great, throbbing, all-embracing heart of God. The reading is so um, so explicit, as you say, Karen, in those first four paragraphs, it describes the problem so well. That problem being just exactly as he says it in paragraph five of the lesson. You have split your mind into what knows and what does not know the truth. But you are yourself. There is no doubt of this, and yet you doubt it. But how can you ask part of your mind what you are, and what part do you ask? You see, the problem is this split mind. Described so well in those first four paragraphs. I was looking at it today, especially paragraph 35. This insane world of shadowy images where you can communicate and hear no one because projection makes perception. It's shadow boxing, you see. The ego is always shadow boxing. Shadow boxing with the parts of myself that I, I don't like, the past things that I thought threatened me, the fear I had of everyone and everything out there in the world as the shadow I cast from my own split mind. And then I go about shadow boxing everything, afraid, afraid of everything because I can't see. The delusional can't see 
that I'm always attacking myself. Yesterday we read, you always meet yourself. You always meet yourself. Wherever I go, I meet myself. If I don't understand myself, then I'm going to be seeing a shadow of myself and then picking a fight with it because I don't understand it. I'm afraid of it. I can't see it. So it's so important. This lesson, I will accept atonement for myself, says to me that when God created me, he placed within my heart, mind, my soul. And this soul has and is everything. And everywhere the soul goes, it sees its own perfection everywhere. Why? Because the soul is the altar to God. It is God's image and likeness. And where is it? But within this self, I don't understand. When Robin Marie said, today I'll pray for vision, that's, that's the most worthy prayer of all. My heart wants to know more than anything in the world. My heart needs to know the innocence in which it was created, the perfection and its own likeness, its own magnificence, its own grandeur as given by God in creation. And when I do, when I know that, then I look in, he says, before you look out. You always look in before you look out. And when you look in, you choose the guide for seeing, he says. When I choose truth to see, what am I going to see but truth? And if I choose ego as my guide for seeing, I'm going to be seeing ego and shadow boxing in my own private world that has no witnesses. And this word witnesses is really, um, is really an excellent word to take into inquiry. Father, what do you mean by you will send me your witnesses? What does that mean to me? Help me understand that. In understanding that, I will understand Christ's vision. Because, you see, this altar to God is so holy and so magnificent that when I understand that holiness, that holiness will envelop everything I see. That's the witnesses that he sends to prove to me my reality. What is my reality but yours? What is your reality but mine? You see, the capital self we share is shared by all our brothers. And as we see them truly, we will be healed. My healing, he says, take this accept atonement for myself means I'm doing this for everyone not just myself oh man that you know he says purification of your desire is the desire to share that desire to share this truth with everyone is the purification of all my thoughts isn't that stupendous to know 
purification of all my thoughts is cleansing them of the judgment of the ego mind and now with my cleansed and healed thoughts I'm cleansing and healing thoughts everywhere why because that's the way God created creation in his image and in his likeness of and like quality to him perfect it was only my mind that made the idea of profane what is profane what is blasphemous something that's opposite to God I did that with my split mind you see that's why the atonement is the healing of my mind and he says oh boy it's really excellent and how many teachers of God does it take to heal the world just one one whole and complete sanctified capital self we appear to be many but that's part of the necessity that we can bring this light it's necessary that we not frighten people when I see with love you see the vision of Christ two emotions each a way of seeing when I see with the ego I will see the manifestations of my own fear that's how it works projection makes perception when I see with love or truth or light I'm going to see with light or truth or love there's only those two possibilities lesson 58 in the review of the first 50 lessons is so phenomenal I think um, it highlights exactly what he wants me to understand about atonement and exactly what he wants me to understand about light and innocence lesson 58 takes off from previous lesson it begins with lesson 36 lesson 35 is my mind is part of God my mind is very holy I am part of God I am very holy and the next lesson right here this is it in vision in the review lesson my holiness envelops everything I see from my holiness that's accept atonement for myself does perception of the real world come having forgiven I no longer see myself as guilty I've accepted atonement God never condemned me I thought he did because I condemned I condemned myself and everything but when I accept that God never condemned I can forgive myself and no longer see myself as guilty I can accept the innocence that is the truth about me seen through understanding eyes the holiness of all the world is all I see why for I can picture only the thoughts I hold about myself projection makes perception and if I know the truth about myself I know the truth about capital self everything everyone belongs to 
each and every one of us and this this lesson emphasizes it so much we are here to restore the grandeur of what we all are to every mind not just our own and now for anyone who's a concrete imager <laughs> like I am um, I go back to miracle principles and he says revelation is an experience of union with the self and God he he reveals himself to us when I'm undefended and open and that's a wonderful thing but I can't take it into my day-to-day -day experience until I understand that revelation can't be shared with other people directly because it's so intensely personal but when I understand vertically here's the image when I understand vertically what my relationship to God is I will also understand horizontally what my relationship to creation is you see right there where those two lines cross horizontal and vertical is the self we share miracles he says unite souls with one another when I understand that I am love I know your love and together we have an experience of knowing what each other are how much we are a part of each other and miracles he says induce revelation because when I understand what you are and I can forgive myself also forgiving you we are in right relationship and right relationship with my brothers induces right relationship with my father except atonement for myself puts me right in the middle of right relationship with God and with everything in right relationship I come to understand this great throbbing all-embracing heart of God the truth I'm no longer afraid I'm no longer shadowboxing I have a way of seeing that restores the love of God to my awareness right here right now wherever I share it except atonement for myself is the correction the healing of the split in my mind and when I'm healed I'm not healed alone isn't that marvelous when I am healed I'm not healed alone it's like now I understand I'm the last one in the world to know that it was always all okay who says that Donna everything always is everything all right or however you say that Donna right relationship is accept atonement for myself and then the great joy of realizing I always loved you I always did I did I didn't know that and everyone you meet and everyone you yet are yet to meet and everyone you ever knew falls under this same marvelous inclusive love of God he calls it Christ's vision it's the home and source of miracles because it restores to me 
the miracle that is myself. I'm complete. Oh, thank you so much, Lori. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was glorious. <laughs> Thank you, Lori. And um, and what you just said that I have repeated, now it gives me a new expanding of vision. When you walk in with and as vision, everything, everywhere is already all right thank you Lori praise the Lord I am complete (laughs) thank you for saying that right (laughs) I had the spirit of it thanks John thank you Lori this is Nancy good morning all and I am so grateful for the atonement and I notice as we talk about the throbbing heart of God, um, I notice that I need to be as relaxed in my nervous system as possible to receive this truth. Um, I spent time at the ocean in the last few days and came back where I live on a really busy road, like a highway outside my window. And I find cars really, their energy is very, um, I want to say aggressive, but the energy is just, it's, yeah, it's, it's really intrusive. That's how it feels to me. It's very intrusive. And I'm realizing as I listened to Lori's beautiful share um, that if I relax and feel, feel with all my cells in my body, the stillness and the beauty of the atonement and I relax into that I can let the cars be and I can let the cars have their intrusive energy and I don't need to split off from that I can just enjoy my real self capital S I'm complete Oh, I felt that restfulness, Nancy. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Nancy. I'm learning things like that, too. Um, I vibration also with you through flower, sacred site, animal, gemstone essences are helping me. But in reality... Everybody and everyone and everything, quote-unquote, that's helping me 
is just God, is just love in that form. I believe that everything has a soul. Um, even like a, a mineral has a soul, much less a plant, the flowers, or the plant and the and animals, as well as us. Jesus doesn't use that word in this book, but I think you know what I mean. Um, so it's the love that we're all of us and everything is made of, right? In the beginning of the course and the lessons he talks about, if we saw what our, you know, coffee table or whatever, how it was, it really is, we could become enlightened, my word, just by looking at that one table. And it's a table. It's... <laughs> right? So, it's, to me, as the being, A Course in Miracles says, only salvation can be set secure. And Reverend Pam says salvation and atonement and forgiveness and healing are four words to describe one and the same process. Only salvation can be said to cure. Um, and the salvation comes through love, through God. I mean, in the Course, through our relationship with other people. But I also say, which I think Jesus would have said if he didn't feel the need to concentrate on the human relationship, because he did concentrate on that and still took 1,500 pages. He couldn't talk about everything, but the love and the healing can come to anything. You know, the Native Americans say, Mother Earth, Father Sky, all of it, everybody. Like that movie, Everything Everywhere All at Once. <laughs> Thanks, I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Ida. And that was a beautiful preview uh, to tomorrow's lesson, too. So thank you. Thank you, Ida. You're welcome. What's tomorrow's lesson? Only salvation can be said to cure. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good job, you. Well, Thank hey, you, Ida. We, should end. we need to end this recording, but of course we all stay on and there's always more to say. Uh, but this is this is the gift for today. Way back in Chapter 3, Retraining the Mind, he said, God himself is not symbolic. He is fact. The atonement, too, is totally without symbolism. It is perfectly clear because it exists in light. Only man's attempts to shroud it in darkness have made it inaccessible to the unwilling and, amb and ambiguous to the partly willing. The atonement itself, like the altar to God, 
radiates nothing but truth. It therefore epitomizes harmlessness and sheds only blessing. It could not do this if it arose from anything except perfect wisdom, innocence. And guess what? Innocence is wisdom. Sophia, the heart of God and also his son. Because it is unaware of evil which does not exist, it is, however, perfectly aware of everything that is true. Perfectly aware of everything that is true. The resurrection demonstrated that nothing can destroy truth. Good can withstand any form of evil because light abolishes all forms of darkness. The atonement is thus the perfect lesson. It is the final demonstration that all the other lessons which I taught are true. Man is released from all errors if he believes in this. The deductive approach to teaching accepts the generalization which is applicable to all single instances rather than building up a generalization after analyzing, analyzing, analyzing numerous single instances separately. If you can accept the one generalization now, accept atonement for yourself, there will be no need to learn from many smaller lessons. What happens to perceptions if there are no judgments and there is nothing but perfect equality? Perception becomes impossible. Truth can only be known. All of it is equally true and knowing any part of it is to know all of it. Only perception involves partial awareness, knowledge, certainty of what you are, transcends all the laws which govern perception because partial knowledge is impossible. It is all one and has no separate parts. You, who are really one with it, may but know yourself. Accept atonement for yourself and your knowledge is complete. To know God's miracle is to know Him. Right relationship is restored. Amen. And I sure do thank you all for joining in this beautiful thing we do every morning, walking each other home. Thank you so much.